everyone, and welcome to episode 33 of the Holding Court Podcast. We have a spring training update for you. We'll let you know how that Whole30 diet's going. We're chatting minor league rule changes for the season, and we have a special guest, a friend of the foundation, to talk about a very important campaign that's going on right now. All coming up on Holding Court. Do you think we'll ever change the music? I was just thinking that exact same thing. Really? I don't think we can. <laughs> it kind of was a filler. I didn't expect it to stick. We did it right here at this table about it's a year true. ago. It's true. It's going strong. Literally, even, it might have been like exactly a year ago. Yeah, I think so. I don't even want to think about a year ago. But yeah, you sat me down. Well, I came downstairs and you had the podcast equipment set up. And you're like, you want to do this? Let's do it. And we had no plan and just talked. And talked about the marathon. It was great. Something about putting on some cans and sitting in front of a mic and you just want to start like humming or singing, even though I can't sing or hum a lick. Putting on some what? Cans. Cans? Head- headphones. Cans? No. What's cans? I don't know. I feel like I heard that somewhere. Cans for yeah. headphones? Yeah, it's like uh, studio jargon. Never been in a studio before, but... <laughs> Wait, <laughs> cans? I have to look this up. That's upsetting. Well, speaking of a year ago, we had our... For, oh, I don't know. Maybe we've had a lot of technical difficulties. We had some sound issues last week, and I actually got some one-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, which actually really hurt me deep in my soul. You know the old saying, you can't review what you can't hear. <laughs> I don't even, is that a? <laughs> no, I just made that up. It's like you can't hit what you can't see. Oh, you can't yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't okay, so in, in, I can't even look at you right now. In compliance with our protocol, tried to do the interview over Zoom. It got a little wonky. I kind of knew it was going to be quiet in some parts, but what can you do? And so everyone just did their best. I think that's the important thing to remember. And it's kind of just us. I mean, you're here for the vocal portion, but in terms of uploading, editing, putting it online. I'm a one woman show. You got to give me a little slack over here. Listen, don't you put that <laughs> on me, Ricky Bobby, because you X me out of this last show and I had nothing to do with it. So it's, maybe that was the issue. Do you think that you snuck over and like toyed with the volume halfway through? Yeah, I was definitely, uh, Sab- I was sabotaging it because you didn't want me on that episode. So. I just have to spread my wings and fly sometimes. So you didn't have your sound guy. You didn't have your. Well, I did set everything up though. I know it's okay. No one's. Everyone. Everyone did their best. But now I really need everyone to go and give me those five star reviews again. I wonder if you lost any listeners for that. Yeah, uh, someone reviewed and said. I can't do this. Like I have to shut it off. Da, 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 da. And so I actually found her on Instagram because that's what I do is creep people. And so I found her because thankfully her Apple review username was her Instagram name. And I just wrote her a message apologizing because I actually felt bad about it because I take a lot of pride in this and I just didn't want anyone to be disappointed. So I just kind of explained and she was very sweet, but I... I do. I took it personally. I don't want anything to be flawed. And I know that sometimes things are going to be a little flawed, but it's been a learning experience for sure. It's been a lot of reflection on the past year and ways to improve and get better. And so we're all, it's, it's not live. So I can't be like, it's live things happen, but like, can't really, I don't know. Can't do much about it at this point, but I feel like we've got all the things worked out and it should be good from here on out so I do appreciate the feedback it keeps me on my toes but I like positive feedback so I hope I can get more of that so I think the lesson learned here is if you're going to go on and give a bad review make sure you do it from a burner account otherwise court's (laughs) going to find you (laughs) no don't give me bad reviews I'm doing my best you are 
We're doing great. <laughs> We're doing great, sweetie. You're doing amazing, sweetie. Oh, there you go. Ugh. Didn't you get a spatula or something I for did. Christmas? I got the Kris Jenner spatula from my sister. I still have to post about what it. It's it pretty say? good. You're, You're doing, doing amazing, amazing, sweetie. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Well, how is your whole 30 going? Do you feel whole? What day are we on? Whole 28? Do you I feel, feel whole? like I've wholly lost 30 pounds. <laughs> you are. It's really funny because I guess I haven't posted because I can't really do much aside from go to games and make whole 30 compliant meals. But no one's obviously had the chance to be like, wow, Corey, you look so fit and so strong and so great. Good job. You're the one obviously on TV and posting photos. And so everyone just texts me and they're like, wow, Justin looks fantastic. What is he doing? I'm like, well, we're doing whole 30. I look great. I feel great as well. <laughs> Thank you. We're just doing really great over here. See? But yeah, you do look very fit and strong. I think you're not supposed to tell people that they look something in relation to their weight. You're supposed to say like, you look strong, you look healthy and keep that like positive well, I think I'm going. I think the most popular description I've heard is you look like there's half of you. <laughs> really? Yeah, I hear that a lot. I feel like you look great. You're moving around great. Not that you were like inhibited before from moving around, but I don't know. How are you feeling? Feel feel young again. I feel like great. that. No, I do feel good. I feel good. I we're coming up on on 30 days here. What, we have three days left of this? I don't know. That's the days. weird thing is I thought that I would be sitting here counting down like the seconds until it was over. And I actually do have the countdown on my phone. That is not a lie with this bag of salt and vinegar chips in the background. But I'm not, I don't know. I was just talking to Maddie today and because she's doing it as well. And she has her meal plan. Like she's like, oh, we're going to go to sushi and like pick it up, whatever. And I don't have, like, I don't. I don't know. I don't even know what I want. I think I'm just so removed from it. But we've also been able to, it's not like you're eating like a piece of broccoli and like a chicken breast. Like we've been able to get creative and still have really good meals. So I think that's why I'm not like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to have this. Like, I don't know. So I've probably had three or four guys in the clubhouse uh, approach me and ask me about it. And Essentially what I tell them is like, look, like you're just eating clean. And the good thing about Whole30 is they have all the condiments you can need. There's ketchup, regular mustard's okay. There's Whole30 um, barbecue sauce. There's Whole30 steak sauce. There's Whole30 salad dressing. Uh, there's Whole30 buffalo sauce. And there's so like, <laughs> this sounds like not sponsored, but there's like different brands. Too. Oh, yeah. It's not just like a whole, there's not even like well, a whole 30s, not a brand. It's, yeah. It's whatever. Like but type when you have diet. all those like condiments, yeah. like you can make everything taste good. So I know because we've done those like meal plans or like meal delivery where there's no like oh, seasoning or it no like garbage. Yeah. There's just nothing there. And I end up, I feel like what I crave most with like fast food or going to dinner is like salad dressings or like buffalo sauce or barbecue sauce. So if you're kind of at home just eating like plain vegetables and plain meat, it's not, I don't know, but I feel like being able to eat fruit, like all of our snacks, I really should like write up. I was telling someone today, I should write up like meals that I have or like a day what I eat. So I can explain to other people because I feel like it sounds super restrictive in the beginning and it is, but it's not like, like out of the question to be able to do it. So I feel like if I wrote down everything, people would be like, oh, that seems pretty normal, which is like a little planning. So I don't, I don't know. know. The, the meatloaf you made the other night was incredible. The meatloaf was good. Whole 30 meatloaf. Wow. Yeah. It's been good. And like the air fryer, again, it's air so fryer. like hillbilly deluxe, but it is phenomenal and yep. makes everything so easy and so fast. This could, th I should do the air fryer infomercial that comes on late at night. I feel like I'm just that passionate about what I'm doing right now that I could do that. You could be the double threat. You can sing the jingle and I can. then do the air fryer it's infomercial. True. What's your thing you want? What's your item that you have been craving? I, I'm, I'm the same way. I haven't really been craving anything. I've, the food's been good. So I'm not like 
salivating over anything. Yeah. Like, it's whatever. Um, I'll I probably might... still continue to try to eat clean and. Yeah. And I think I'll going. definitely keep a lot of parts of it. I think I would obviously have to add in some things. Salt and vinegar chips. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's still a lot of potatoes. I could technically make salt and vinegar chips, but like the corn, the beans, like that kind of stuff, like I'll obviously want to add back in to my chipotle bowl i think i want like a sandwich like a like a blt oh, avocado yeah. or something i think that'll be because I I haven't had, we, we haven't had bread yeah the girls talked about jersey mike's and like my love for pot belly obviously Ooh, pot belly that'd be a good one i'm not a big bread person i don't know i don't know we'll see I don't know. We'll I just people, worry that we'll once let the people know when we do. Once you start like going down that road, I feel like it's hard to be like, oh, I just want that one item because then it's like, then you have salt vinegar chips, then you have the sandwich, then you are at frozen yogurt, and then you're, I don't know, then you have a soda and then or a pop. No, I'm on. I don't even need soda anymore. We have these. What are they? The hint hint waters. <laughs> That is oh not a substitution for soda, but they're really freaking good. I know I've discovered a lot. It tastes like of soda. I mean, <laughs> it's not even sparkling. The cherry, cherry hint water. Oh my goodness. You have to stop plugging things until they pay us. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'll continue to buy these. They're delicious. <laughs> Why don't you enjoy that? Okay. Let's dig into, we have a guest today but before we ring her up. Wait. That's like at a supermarket. Before we... Yeah, she's not checking out. She's <laughs> checking in. Before we dial her in. Is that there it? There you go. Okay. Let's dive in to the season. Got some... Well, you guys don't have the changes. They're throwing all these rule changes at the minor leaguers. They've had a quite a year. Their season last year, and now they have to... Well, I guess each level is going to get their own little rule change to kind of well, first of all with. they they like changed all the minor leagues like it's crazy it, yeah it's all the all the leagues are different now so that's going to be weird to get used to in its own and now mlb is deciding to try all these crazy rules at different levels so yeah i'm sure most everyone's heard of them but we can talk about them yeah, they were talking about in the broadcast the other day. Like the AAA is going to have a bigger base. You know I'm all about that base, about that base. I actually don't mind this one. The it base seems like very minuscule. I don't know. I guess maybe not. Not Maybe not to you. You probably know the exact point. Like if you were blindfolded running straight to first base, would you know the exact second you're supposed to be touching the base? Um, no, I okay. don't think so. I'd probably be <laughs> tripping over the base at some Maybe point. Maybe that could be a TikTok or that we like do. Or like blowing something out. <laughs> do not even put that out there. Yeah. I mean, I get, do you touch the base when you run off the field? I always touch the base when I run off the field. Okay. So, well, is this going to affect your toe tapping off the... Well, it's not because it's it's in AAA. It's not. Well, I know, but if they implement it at the major us, league level. Okay, so the rule is right <laughs> now we're using bases that are 15 inches wide and they're expanding them to 18-inch bases, which the idea behind it is to prevent collisions from happening, especially at first base. Um, fortunately for the hitters, they're not expanding the home, home plate because that would make the strike zone even bigger. Um, <laughs> but what it, what it is going to do is it, it's going to make first base. I mean, I guess in theory, an inch and a half closer to home. So guys are going to be getting from base to base a couple, whatever like, milliseconds faster. So it's going to speed the game up a little bit. Really? I mean, inch and a half closer. I mean, that's a, it's a game of inches, you know, the old cliche. Who are you tonight? <laughs> Like, ridiculous. They also said they're making it less slick, Rick, material. Yeah. Um, well, there's been a lot of guys, especially when it's raining. Um, I feel like, who, wasn't it like Bryce Harper that like first slid and on the base First that one and year? foremost, if you run the bases properly, you should never slip on a base. Because oh. you should be hitting the front of the base where your heel is in the dirt. And then your 
ball of your foot or your toes are coming down on the edge of the base when you're running through it. And then when you're making your turn, say you hit a base hit and you're rounding the base or you're, you're going for a double in theory, you should hit the inside corner of the base where your cleats are actually on the dirt in fair territory and the middle of your foot's hitting the corner of the base. And you'll never slip on the base if you do it the right way. How come you never taught me this for kickball? I, I probably should have taught everyone this. But <laughs> what happened to Bryce and what's happened to a few guys they is they're to, running. Like, stretch it, right? They're At running the down the line. Second. They jump for the base and they like land on top of the base when it's raining and they're slick. And when you hit the top of a slick base, Oof. you just slide right off My the whole top. body so like just quivered thinking about that. Play. If you run the bases right, you'll never slip. But apparently they're making, making them non, non-slick. non-slick bases. <laughs> so they want guys to, I guess, hit the top of the base. But if there's any kids listening, <laughs> just don't hit the top of the base. Hit the front of the base like you're supposed to. It's closest to home anyway. It's the fastest way to get to first base. And you'll prevent yourself from getting hurt. Okay. Hopefully there's kids listening and I'm taking sure. notes. Hopefully. Or me for my kickball and softball games. It's very useful. Yeah, that's not that big of a deal. That's that's not too big of a change, I don't think, um, for yeah. AAA. I mean, I, it does make the bases bigger on the field, too. I mean, think about it. It's probably like a rare thing, but a lot of hit balls, batted balls end up hitting off bases and ricocheting. So now there's like a little bit bigger base. So I don't know if it's going to affect that, but I also think they're not as high. So I think they're making them lower to the dirt. So maybe less of that. I I don't know. know. We'll see. We'll find out. Supposedly there's some science behind this, but we'll see. We'll have to tune in and then so high A and low A have some changes too. This one, I feel like I still don't understand the like on the rubber, like a balk. I, f- I feel like this is all, I mean, I've tried to have you explain it a million times. So what is this like one? The they have to disengage, have to fully disengage the rubber, right? Yeah. Before they attempt to pick off. Okay. So as the rule stands now. It says to eliminate any trickery i like that word well the definition of a balk <laughs> is as deceiving the runner so yeah as the rule stands now in theory every time a left-handed pitcher picks off to first base he's technically deceiving the runner because it looks like he's pitching but then he steps to first and throws over so in theory it was always a balk because you're not allowed to deceive the base runner so this rule says now that Every pitcher has to disengage or step off of the rubber before they can throw to first base. Um, Now, that's going to affect the right-handers as well because most right-handers just kind of like pivot and throw. They don't actually step off and throw. Um, But the other interesting thing is, is, you know, when a pitcher pivots and throws and he doesn't disengage the rubber and say he makes a bad throw and it goes into the stands, it's only one base because he's a pitcher throwing the ball and he's engaged the rubber. But the moment you step off, you become an infielder. And now he throws that ball over the first baseman's head and it goes in the stands or goes in the dugout. Now it's a two base error and that runner actually goes to third. So um, that's another effect that this one's going to have. What about like in, this might be totally unrelated, but in the world series when Clayton like threw the runner out at home, if he would have missed that throw, what is that? Like, is that considered, with this new rule, would that be considered? Well, Clayton did it perfect. He stepped off. He disengaged the rubber and then threw home. Okay. So So no trickery. No trickery. You can't deceive the runner. (laughs) So also what this means, excuse me. Take a sip of hint, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Refreshing. Take a hint. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Also what this means, and I don't know if it's actually written in there, but... um, you know, when the runners at second base, pitchers can do what's called like an inside move where they pick their leg up and then spin and throw to second. I guess in theory, like you wouldn't be allowed to do that pick off at second either. So the whole idea behind this is trying to increase stolen base attempts and get guys to try to steal more to create more excitement in the game. But if you want more excitement, don't deaden the balls and so let there make, be homers. You're 
let there be homers. <laughs> so you're, <laughs> you're essentially just making it easier to steal. Easier to steal. Yep. But then does this affect like the stolen base records? I don't think anyone's catching Ricky. So I, I don't what about second place? see that happening. No one, second place doesn't matter. There's you're either <laughs> first or you're last. <laughs> My second okay. Talladega Nights reference. Tonight. I know we we got to wrap this up soon, or it's gonna get wacky. Okay, low A. Oh, this one. I mean, I feel like I've seen maybe ten in a row. So you can only do two pickoffs per plate appearance without consequence. A third pickoff must be successful. I kind of like that, or it's called for a balk. I like that it's like do or die on the third one. That's so much pressure. I'm going to be waiting for that. I don't know. Will anyone do that, though? So let me give you a perspective on why the third one's a balk unless it's a successful pickoff. Because if it was you're only allowed to pick off twice and the pitcher picks off twice and now you know that he can't pick over again, what would you do as a base runner? Wouldn't you get like a 40-foot lead and then just backpedal into second base? So the it's a way to like keep them in check. Yeah. So the ability to pick off a third time is to keep the runners from getting 20 foot leads and just walking into the base. So it's not saying you can't pick off a third time, but if a guy has a ridiculous lead, you can turn and pick off. And if he's out, he's out. But if he's safe, it's a balk. What if you are unsuccessful and you balk? I feel like I can't say that word right. You said it right. It's just strange. Bach. It's like walk, but with a B. No, that's not it. Anywho. What if you do it, you accept your punishment of the balk. There you go. <laughs> I hate that word. And you want to do it again. Is it, and can you be successful on the fourth one? I don't know if it's a balk, then the runner moves up to second base. I so know, but what if he wants to steal third? Can you do it again? You can attempt to pick off twice at second, and then oh, you it's can each. No, it's per plate appearance. Oh, but you'd have a. I don't think it's. I'm just getting wild here. I'm yeah, gonna reel it I think in. once it's a balk and the runners move up, then it resets, and oh, it you resets. can attempt to pick them off twice at second, and if you're unsuccessful, then. You know who I'm going to ask this? I'm going to ask Bob Guerin. Bob knows all the rules. <laughs> Do you, Will you ask him tomorrow? Can I tell you a quick friend? story about Bob Guerin? <laughs> Bob Guerin. Please tell He me. has a rules tape. Tape? Tape. Like a... Well, it's probably like digital now. It's on a thumb drive? It's probably thumb like drive. on a... Yeah, something. Okay. And that's what he... In spring training, he listens when he drives to and from the field. <laughs> he listens to the rules over and over and over again and he's constantly coming up to guys talking about the rules so okay but you know how many times like there's been times when bob has really come in handy i mean a lot of times we love bob but i've seen him be like no batting out of order like some and he he notices everything it's incredible his work has paid off so <laughs> there was actually a play in the game tonight when julio was pitching and or last night, I guess, if you're listening. <laughs> um, Sunday night. Sunday night. Um, first inning, Soler's hitting. Julio throws a pitch, and Soler breaks his bat. And the bat comes flying, basically, like, oh yeah, right at me. Uh-huh. So Thought you were going to get impaled. <laughs> so did I. I, <laughs> I avoid the bat. Um, it, like, lands on the dirt. The ball goes rolling, and it ended up, Trickling under Seeker's glove. I went and got it, picked it up, threw it away. It was a debacle. Terrible play. Two errors, run scored, long inning for Julio. Um, he deserved better than that. But anyways, we come in the dugout, and Bob's like, hey, did the ball hit the bat when it was on the field? And me and Corey are both like, no, it didn't hit the bat. And he's like, okay, but you know – what the rule is if the ball does hit the broken bat on the field. And we said, yeah, of course, it's a live ball still. You have to play it. He's like, yes, if it's, a, if it's a broken bat, you still have to play it. He's like, but if the hitter throws his bat, like <laughs> after he hits it and it hits the ball, it's a dead ball and the hitter's out. And so that, that's like 
what Bob likes. He he's constantly like coming up and reminding guys of rules. Do you think he just got so excited when the bat came on the field so he could tell you the rule? He gets so excited. But I actually, in when I was watching it because I was there, I said I would have just called a timeout. Like too much was happening. It needed to be put to like Benny Hill music, <laughs> and it was just like yeah, da, 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 da. <laughs> it was too much. You can't call a timeout. I know, but I don't even know how you function with a flying spear coming at you. That is my nightmare. Like, how do you even continue to live your life? Well, not very well <laughs> in the ensuing seconds, apparently. I feel like your throw was, was not... fine. The scorekeeper is clearly in spring training as well, but neither here nor there. <laughs> Matters. It, it was does. A ru- it was a run. It doesn't matter who was on. We gave up a run. So Well... Okay. You tell yourself that. <laughs> okay. I think, is that it? Oh, no. We have a, okay. Oh, automated balls and strikes. Robo okay. umpires. Not all the time. Oh, so, okay. So in low A, the, the Southeast League, I think. Oh, yeah. They're going to occasionally, I don't, th- I don't think it's permanently, but they are going to use the robo umpires, which... We've seen some of that in the Arizona Fall League, and it. I honestly, I don't think it's been great. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. I don't. I'm. I'm a purist. It's part of it. I it's feel it's like definitely part of it. Like guys, some guys have small dro- zones. Some guys have big zones. You've got to kind some of. Some guys have small drones. Yeah, Trevor Bauer. <laughs> he's got a drone. <laughs> <laughs> I. I don't know. As much as there's been frustrating situations, I just feel like, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not for robo. It's taking a job zones. away. I mean, I guess it's putting a job in tech of someone like running the robo ump, nope. but. Nope. How do you adjust the strike zone? How do you adjust for the height of different hitters? I mean, you have. Yeah, I don't like it. You have shorter guys. We'll say Austin Barnes. And then you have like Aaron Judge, like where do you set the tops and bottoms for these strike zones? Yeah. So I'm not in on it. Okay. And then the shift. I think double A, right? Is gonna this one is do. brutal. Yeah. I don't like the shift, but this I, seems a little wacky. Uh you know what? Yeah. All the infielders have to have both feet on the dirt. And you have to have two guys on the left side and two guys on the right side. And whatever. Like, I'm not a huge pro shift guy, especially because I'm the one that's running laps around the field. From I know. Third I, base I'm glad you have base. orange hair because I'm always like, where's Justin? Uh, like, but <laughs> at the same time, it's like, man, it's you, you want to have strategy and play the game. Like, let you can play wherever you want. I don't really care like if they're going to put three guys on the right side then take your base hit to the left and put down your bunts um, but they consider that that's considered like a victory in the shift right well if if a guy bunts if you have that's considered a positive for the shifting team that you had to settle for a base hit right well, yeah, if you have Corey Seager coming up who hits a homer every other at bat right now in spring training, like I put seven guys on the right side and let them bunt, at least it's single. It's not going over the fence. So I still feel I think like guys don't bunt against the shift, though. It never happens. Not as much as you would think. You should. Yeah. I mean, when, when they put three guys on the left side against me, I try to shoot the ball the other way and take my hit. I mean, that's one of the things we talk about all the time, like take your knock, take your knocks, take your knocks. It's not just about hitting homers. Take your knocks. Take your walks something, and take your knocks. Something we did really, really well in the postseason last yeah. year. Um, our our two out hits, two out RBIs, and our production was uh, incredible because guys took their hits. It wasn't trying to hit a bunch of homers. Guys shot balls the other way and used the whole field and, and took advantage. I like it. That felt like a post-game interview you just did. Justin, what do you think you guys did well tonight in this game? Tonight? Nothing. No, <laughs> we, I We didn't do a good job tonight. I meant like that would have been the question for what you just uh, answered. Tonight was, uh, thank God it's a spring training game. Tonight right? felt weird. I'm not going to lie to you. So when I got there, it just, and I'm not a big like energy universe, like 
crystals on the mantle kind of person, but it felt weird. It definitely felt weird. And I'm a big energy guy and it felt weird all day. We had our, our first off day yesterday. So we had yeah. a day game, off day, and then night game today. And the energy all day was just like, man. <laughs> like, it felt weird. I sat down. It felt like Halloween weather, oddly. And I sat down and the sky, like two rows behind, was just like yelling at you guys. And he was like, girls, you need to get your men in line and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what? are you okay? Like what does, what's going on It's spring training, sir? Why are you so mad? It was just I feel like the game started with like a 47 pitch at bat. It was just weird. There was flying spears. I didn't like it. Bobby Witt Jr. He's good at bat. Was today their 30 clubs in 30 days day or something? I feel like I read so many things on the, Royals, the Royals today. Yeah. Oh, I don't know, but Bobby Witt Jr. is really good. He so. hasn't, he like hasn't been called up, correct? He's 20. He got drafted like last year out of high school. Okay, and he's the one that someone's like, he's going to get called up and will win MVP this year. (laughs) I think I definitely read that today. I don't know, on the socials. He's going to be a good player. I'll say that. I feel like he came up 14 times tonight. So. Well, he had the 20 pitch at bat, and he hit a a fair (laughs) homer that they called foul in his first at bat, and then he hit a homer in his second at bat. So have a night, Bobby. Is that his name? Bobby, Bobby Witt Jr. Okay. I'll remember that. Yeah. Anyways, let's let's get to our guest. Yeah, let's do it. So we are bringing on someone from Children's Hospital LA. Her name is Dawn Wilcox. She's the vice president of corporate partnerships there. And we just adore Dawn. We adore CHLA. And... We'll let her chat all about it, but right now is a very special month for CHLA. So we wanted to get her on here and just have her explain a little bit about what it is, why it's so important, and yeah, just excited to have her on. Yeah, that's great. It's a big month for CHLA, so tune in. Um, We'll uh, tell you all about it. Don will tell you all about it, and hopefully everyone can... uh, get involved and help out the kiddos. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's get Dawn on the line. Get her on the line. Hi, Dawn. How are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? Good. We're just saying we miss you. We haven't seen you in so long, so it's good to hear your voice. We we definitely miss having you guys at the hospital and visiting the kids and doing all our fun events. So I hope we'll get to be doing that again soon. Yeah, we hope so too. Okay, so it's a very big month at Children's Hospital LA, and I want you to explain why, but first, um, I think maybe just walk us through your role at CHLA and exactly what you do there. Sure. So I oversee corporate partnerships for Children's Hospital Los Angeles, and basically what that means is um, I work with businesses and the community, uh, as well as folks in the entertainment and sports industry to support the hospital, whether that be through raising money, giving money, hosting events, um, doing campaigns and programs, all in support of the hospital. So we, we have probably about 100 or so corporate partners year-round that support us. And then for this special campaign that we're going to talk about, I can give you some more specific numbers that we're pretty excited about. Perfect. Oh, yeah. So the big month that I alluded to, it's Make March Matter at CHLA. So, yeah, let us know all the details of this very important campaign. Yeah. So we created this. six. This is our sixth year. And we created this because so many businesses said that they wanted to support the hospital, but they wanted to do it during a time of year. I think a lot of people are very used to these month-long awareness months or campaigns and we realized there wasn't one that existed for children's hospitals or for children's hospital los angeles specifically so that was the really the genesis behind make march matter was creating a moment in time a month and you know we both we love and also get really tired by the fact that march is an exceptionally long month (laughs) we love that there's 31 days that people can get involved and support the idea really is to unite businesses and the community with the hospital and encourage the community and and customers of all the local businesses around to say, why don't you go out and support the businesses that support us? 
this is your way to do that. You, you may not be able to write a big check or, you know, make a donation of toys, but maybe you can go to your local Panda Express and have lunch and donate a dollar as a register. Yeah, that's awesome. We, we were actually checking out the website and seeing all the different businesses that are involved in all the different places. And you mentioned Panda Express and there's some other cool ones on there that for the entire day, if you go in to this business and you spend money, a, a portion of whatever you're purchasing there is going to go to the children's hospital. Is that correct? That is. Yeah. Every business does it in a way that works for them. So, you know, the restaurants, they sometimes donate a menu item or they give the customer the opportunity to make a donation. Um, but, you know, because we're, it's been so interesting because of this pandemic and it's really forced us all to do things virtually, we've been able to include probably even more businesses than usual because so many of them have an online a website or, you know, an online presence of some sort. And, you know, fitness classes is one of the, the categories that we saw the growth and the opportunity in working with local gyms and local personalities who, you know, train celebrities and things. But in this pandemic, it's actually become so much more accessible and easy to host a virtual fitness class. A hundred, 200 people can join and raise a ton of money. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and you nailed it right on the head. Everything in this pandemic obviously has flipped everything upside down as far as, uh, in-person visits and families going in and, and visiting their, their kids in the hospital. And then for you and your role in the fundraising and having to turn everything virtual, were you guys able to just jump right on that and jump right into to making that transition? Or like, how did that come about to you guys? Well, I would love to say, yes, of course, we knew exactly what to do <laughs> right away. Always. <laughs> um, but, you know, it took us a minute to figure out, okay, how could we really do this campaign because especially you know my team you've met many of them we love being out in the community we love going out and rallying businesses and talking to people in person and we had to figure out a way to modify that and do it safely so one of the things we did is we created an online marketplace where if you go to makemarksmatter.org you'll see a button that says shop and when you click on it there's 29 businesses there that it's so no matter where you are in the country you could go on and order a product and know that you're giving back to CHLA. So some of these things just kind of started to happen. Um, you know, we have so many great connections with patient families. You know, there's um, an ice cream truck in LA. You may have seen it, CVP Serve, And he's a patient dad, owns those trucks. And he's doing a fun promotion all along. So there's all these people that kind of came out of the woodwork and said, you know, I have a personal connection to CHLA. I want to give back. You know, we have a couple of patients who have clothing lines or have created some, you know, really unique artwork, and they're putting those things up for sale, all donating a portion of proceeds. So it's been pretty cool to see it happen, I will say. I love that idea. I think obviously you can make the straight donation or you can create a fundraising page that you can share, but I love the way of getting creative and also being able to support those businesses as well that, yeah, like you mentioned, many are struggling during the pandemic. So I think it's just wonderful when you can find something that's mutually beneficial for everyone. It's true. And, and, you know, we've got so many people like yourselves, like, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis came out on the first day of the campaign and spoke so eloquently about what we're trying to accomplish and how this is about community. And, you know, she announced that her company, My Hand and Yours, was going to donate 100% of sales from all her products throughout the month of March. And, you know, to see so many people step forward and say, you know, this is what I'm good at. And so I'm going to use what I'm good at to give back and help, even though many people have been so challenged during all this. Yeah. And, you know, the cool thing about CHLA for me is obviously, I, I think you get a lot of support from celebrities and athletes who go in there. Mm -hmm. But the thing that I've learned through our foundation and reaching out to people and talking about supporting CHLA is so many um, parents and business owners have had kids who have gone through and are willing mm -hmm. to give back and, and get involved. And, you know, when we did our winter wonderland the other, a uh, few years ago um, and we went to Mindy Weiss and asked her to help us mm -hmm. out uh, at the drop of a hat, she was like, of course, I love that place. My son um, was treated there and a patient there and I'll do anything. And I'm sure you have so many 
um, mm-hmm. families and patients that are so willing to give back because you guys truly are amazing at what you do and, and what you do for these families and, and kids. And well, and it, you know, what's been such a gift for me uh, being kind of, I get to be behind the scenes a lot of what's happening with our partners and the patient families. And it is exactly what you're saying, that that personal connection they have and the way they're willing to use their voice. You know, the, the first year of the campaign when we were starting out and no one had ever heard of it and we kept having to say, no, it's Make March Matter. And people were calling it March Madness. I was like, no, <laughs> it's Make March Matter. Um, we, had the, we had Alfred Coffee has been a partner since the beginning. And every year they do something unique. They, do, they dedicate a special drink or, you know, make it easy for people to donate. And so they were there in the very beginning. And one day we saw this post end up on Instagram of a dad holding a little girl. And his caption was, you know, how cool is it to find out that my favorite coffee shop is supporting and giving back to the place that saved my daughter's life. And I was just like, see, that's why we're doing this. You know, that is exactly like that is still to this day my favorite post. I still have it saved. Um, this this beautiful moment of someone being able to say, I love that my favorite place to go is also helping the place that helps me. That's amazing. Yeah, that connection. That's incredible. And please explain why, I mean, we've kind of touched on it, but why this type of fundraising and visibility for CHLA is so critical. I believe CHLA is referred to as what's called a safety net hospital. You would know more about that than me, but can you explain that? Exactly. So, you know, all the money that we raise through Make March Matter goes to our children's fund. And the children's fund exists to help meet the greatest needs of the hospital. And that has um, primarily goes towards supporting the patients and families who don't have the ability to pay for their services. So we have, we'll have about 600,000 patient visits this year. We, you know, really have a big footprint across the region and people come in from out of town. Um, But about 70% of those will come to us with no ability to cover the healthcare costs. So they don't have the right insurance or government reimbursement that's needed. So a lot of what we do is to raise money for that fund to support those full needs. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Cause I, I had always wondered, I mean, obviously you guys are a big hospital in, in Los Angeles. And um, as far as, I mean, I know you guys very well, but mm-hmm. like how dependent are you guys on this fundraising versus like government mm-hmm. funding? Like what's the balance there? Like, do you get a lot of help from the government or are you guys a lot of, your resources coming from independent fundraising with huge events like mm-hmm. uh, Make March Matter and the Walk and Play and stuff yeah. like that. You know, we it, the, the events we do in the community and the fundraising we do is a big part of what helps, you know, cover expenses and cover programs like Child Life, which I know you've seen in person. You know, those are the people that go patient room, bedside focus, helping maybe distract a child during a painful procedure or offer a toy or a book to a child to just give them a little bit of joy during what can be a challenging time. And so a lot of those programs, they, it all relies on philanthropy to operate. I mean, you know, we, we are a large hospital and we are able to treat and serve a lot of families and patients. And we do get funding um, from government sources. We do have a lot of individuals that support us, um, family foundations. You know, we have a whole team of people that write grants requests and request funds that way and you know my team we are focused on a lot of things that tend to be a little more visible because we're out in the community talking Mm -hmm. to businesses and high profile people um but i will say you know i think the most important thing for people to realize so sometimes you'll hear about wow you guys just got a 25 million dollar anonymous gift which is you know something we got in the last couple of months to support our behavioral health and mental health services and um that is going to go a long way to make a difference, but it's, you know, there's so much more that we still need to raise. And mm-hmm. our medium sized gift is about $35. So that local business that might only raise $100 or $200 from what they're doing as their promotion for March, it all adds up. Mm-hmm. You know, so our goal of raising a million dollars in March is, is a big drop in the bucket, but it, it only happens because we have people willing to donate $10, $20, $30, 
you know, you've got all these people united in support of the hospital. Yeah. And that money goes so far and, and in dealing with these kids and seeing them on a daily basis and what they're going through and what their families are going through, uh, every little donation that, that you can make to CHLA will go such a long way. And I've seen it firsthand, um, going in those rooms Mm -hmm. and spending time with these kids. They're such amazing, amazing kids and their outlook on the world is so positive and they're so strong. They're really, you know, my heroes. I love going in and, and, and spending time with them. Do you, do you have a story with maybe a family or a kid that kind of sticks mm-hmm. out in your mind? I'm sure you probably have a lot of them because mm-hmm. there's so many amazing families. In yeah. there. But do you have one in particular that you might be able to share that uh, mm-hmm. you just really like warms you up when you tell it? <laughs> I do. And, I, you know, I do want to say that, just you know, having both you and Courtney come visit, um, you know, I, I get to kind of stand back and watch it all happen sometimes. And it just the, the, the faces of these kids and their parents, I mean, you actually have a huge impact on their parents just to, for the parents to see their child smiling in that moment and just, you know, maybe taking them away from what they're there for. So, I, you know, there's a young woman I've gotten to know over the last few years. She's a, a patient at CHLA and she's told her story very publicly. Her name is Grace Rose. She's actually started her own clothing line and is one of our Make March Matter partners. She's graduated from high school this year, and she's been with us from the beginning. And, you know, getting to know her and her mom and knowing their the struggle they've had with her illness and the fact that they still want to give back. And every time I reach out, they're like, how can we help? You know, what can we do? And she's spoken at our Make March Matter events in years past. And I just, you know, someone like her, I think of she is, she is so strong to go through what she has gone through and still spend so many hours of her day helping others. And she's come up with this coloring book now that she's raising money for to make sure every child gets a copy of to help them when they're in the hospital. And, you know, it's kids like that that inspire me and keep me going. That's incredible. Yeah. It's so amazing. And the amazing thing to me is I feel like every single kid that I've met in that hospital is, is just has, superpowers and has a way of where I feel more affected by going in and hanging out and spending time with them than, than I feel like I'm even impacting them or their family. So, uh, it's just unbelievably, uh, positive, the outlook, the mindset, the conversations, um, just the upbeat nature and all this while they're going through, um, stuff that's unfathomable for, for a child is, is truly Mm -hmm. amazing. And it blows me away every single time, I go in there and I just, I can't speak highly enough about you and and your whole team and CHLA and the work you guys do. So again, anything you can give in this Make March Matter um, campaign that's going on, please uh, visit their website, makemarchmatter.org. Find those businesses that that you can go out to and, and really help a business and help a child at the same time. And uh, I promise that it's going to some of the most amazing people in the world. So, um, yeah, thank thank you for for setting mm-hmm. us up and and mm-hmm. getting us in there. And I'm hoping uh, sometime soon uh, we'll be able to get back in there and, and visit the kiddos. And uh, although I like doing it virtually as well, but it, it's <laughs> it's better to get in the room and spend the time with them. Well, we can't wait to have you back. And you know the. The kids and the families have always been so grateful for your visits and all of your support from the from the both of you and you know from the walk and play events to, to coming and, and spending time with our kids we we really look forward to doing it again in person for sure definitely and you know our love for you guys so today we actually mm-hmm. wanted to make a pledge to the make march matter campaign for twenty five thousand dollars from the justin oh turner God. foundation <laughs> Uh, to help show our support and yeah thank you again for joining us today and explaining everything like justin said makemarchmatter.org you can find the complete list of all the businesses on there and all the events and make a donation and yeah get out there and support and help this incredible place oh you guys are amazing thank you so much of course, of course. Thank you for coming on here and, and sharing uh, all this information and, and some great stories with us. And hopefully uh, all our listeners will be visiting the website and, and help and support you guys. 
Well, thank you for having me on. It was wonderful talking with you both. <laughs> Thanks, All right, Don. Um, hopefully we'll see you soon. Thank you. You too. Bye. All right. That was so awesome having her on here. Yeah, Don's great. And I think to our, uh, our, our avid listeners, you'll remember that uh, we had Annie on early this year from CHLA. And uh, I hope you know how much and how highly we think of their, their organization and what they do for the kiddos and, and how great they are. So um, hopefully if you have the means, if you have the ability, you can go on and, and support their cause and, and help out the kids and their families. Yeah, like we mentioned, you can go to makemarchmatter.org and help them get to their goal of $1 million. There are so many businesses on the website that can be as simple as going to a restaurant and picking up a meal and a portion of the sales go straight to CHLA. So, so many ways to do it instead of just making a straight donation where you can also benefit lots of businesses in our community and help them out as well. So, Thanks again to Dawn for coming on here and sharing all about that. I think that's going to do it for this week. Yeah, that's, that's a good nightcap. That's a good way to end it. Make March matter. Yes. Should we tease our guest for next week or leave it a little mystery? Who's next week? <laughs> our first uh, teammate of yours. Oh, yeah. We'll just leave it at that. First teammate, first player. First active. Active player. Player. Coming on next week. Yeah. yeah. Tune in. Should be fun. Alrighty. <laughs> what a fun episode. I know. <laughs> I got to get to bed. We, we This is a night day game turnaround. I know. So okay. 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 All right. Sign off. All right. Thanks everyone. And we will talk to you next week. See ya. Bye. Boom. Bum 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 b